You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Here's today's question. There's a pastor named Josh who wrote in, and I'm going to synthesize his email a little bit, but basically he's been meeting with a guy in his community who's an atheist, and they have been getting coffee, you know, continuously having lots of lively discussions, as he puts it. And this man pointed this pastor to a series of articles he wrote concerning what he called, quote unquote, the false prophecies of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. And in these writings, he points to some of the more obscure prophecies and posits that history nowhere mentions their fulfillment. So he comes to the conclusion that therefore all Old Testament prophets are proven false. Jesus is a fraud and Christianity has been exposed as a sham. Bada boom. So, you know, they're continuing to wrestle over other things, but he said this guy just keeps coming back to this idea. The prophecies are false. Therefore, everything is false. And so he wanted to know Dr. Michael Jerome Easley's thoughts. You never mention my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) That's a guarded secret. That's a state secret. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) No, you can leave it. I'm kidding. It's probably out there on, you know, my social security is probably online. Who knows, right? It's probably on your wiki page, your Wikipedia. (laughs) That's pretty scary. Well, okay. Number one, Josh, kudos to you for pursuing this friend. That just makes my heart sing that you're meeting with someone who's got good, hard questions. Secondly, I'm not an apologetic guy in the sense that I don't do apologetics. That's not my forte. It never has been. I've never argued anyone into the kingdom yet. Uh, I have great friends like Ron Rhodes that I go to when I get into specifics. And by the way, we'll probably get Ron on sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. And we've used him many times before. He's such a great resource. But the reason I gravitated toward this question, Hannah and Josh, was number one, when we're talking about prophecies, understanding them, unfulfilled prophecies or false prophecies, that's a bit of a bottomless hole to go down. And what I mean by that is we can't go through every prophetic utterance and come with a definitive fulfillment. He's right. Some of this is yet to be determined. And I often talk about two mountains that when you envision a hill and then it goes down into a valley and there's a larger hill and we're on this one side of the valley looking up and we just see one hillside. And when you get to the top of that first hill, you go, oh, there's another hill over there in a valley. That's John the Baptist looking at Jesus, for example. So some of the prophecies, they did not completely understand how they were going to be fulfilled in Christ. But since I don't have a list of the precise ones he's you know, challenging, let's set that aside, not that they aren't good questions that deserve good answers, but I want to address a more important issue. I had a friend, and I've shared this story before, I think, who was big into evolution and Darwinism and had read extensively about that. And we were meeting over the months and probably a couple of years, and we would argue collegially creation versus evolution. And I'm fairly good at defending a literal six-day creation, much to the horror of my old earth friends. Uh, I believe in a literal six-day creation. And the earth is not millions and millions of years old. And, of course, he thought I was a fool. Get in line. But the point was we had a conversation about it. And I could take him to the Bible and I could show him some passages. And what I want to say, third, don't underestimate the intrinsic power of the word and the power of God's Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because your relational capital with your friend and just having this conversation means so much more then you or me or anyone having the right answer because I could probably conclude by your email 
if you answered these 10 questions, he'd have 10 more. Yeah. And he continued to dismantle things. So what you and I have to do is step back and say, I have a great opportunity to talk about God's word, and I get to trust God's spirit to work in our friend's heart. So we could have, you know, he lived, he died, he was buried, he came back from the grave, and there's thousands of eyewitnesses notwithstanding. And we have the most reliable document on the planet, bar none, called the Bible. And they're going to dissect it and disagree and disregard it. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. So you and I don't have to have all the answers, but we know the one who is God. We know the one who is the answer to the real issue. Lastly, fourth, and again, commend you so much for your relationship with him, Josh, but I would say I wish more Christians understood what you're doing in the sense that you and I have a sphere of influence of people around us. I've got neighbors that I'm getting to know in a community we've only lived in about three years now, and I'm loving getting to know my neighbors, and there's no agenda. We're just becoming friends, hanging out on the porch on a nice day, and talking about all kinds of things, and they know I'm a preacher, which is like, you know, (laughs) uh, I'm going to sell them something, right? I'm a life insurance guy, and so you have to work through that, but that said, it's not hard. Just be a nice person and a friend and look for opportunities to turn the conversation into a spiritual conversation and ask God to use you. Hmm. And the last thing, I guess I said the last on number four, the last thing is maybe there's a point where you tell him, you know what, man, I love these conversations. I love and appreciate you. I love time with you. I don't know that I can answer all your questions. I can't. But what I can tell you is that Christ loves you. He cares about you. He's real. He helps us. He helps us in ways that I can't really explain to you, but I know he wants a relationship with you, and this is what that looks like. And you find your words and your way of saying that to compel this guy in a loving, kind, gentle way to come to know Christ. And then let's see what Christ does with him. Mm, mm, That's good, Dad. Reminds me of, we've got a friend, I'm not going to name him because I'm not 100% sure this is his story, but... His testimony goes, I mean, he was in a similar relationship with a believer. He had so many questions, just couldn't tie up every loose end. And finally, the guy that was the believer looked at him one day and said, here's the deal. You're never going to have every question answered. So based on what you know now, what is stopping you from putting your faith in Christ? And that was the turning point for him of like, okay, I know enough and I can believe enough of this. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and because we all are going to wrestle for the rest of our lives with so many questions that will be unanswered. Well, it's just like the literal creation, six day creation or old earth That's theory right. or intelligent design or whatever you want to talk about. You know, I have Christian friends that think I'm a total idiot because I believe in a literal six day creation. I still think they're saved. They're confused. <laughs> they think I'm wrong. So, but that's not an essential to salvation. I think it's important. Sure. The other thing, and we'll talk about this one of their questions that we have in front of us today, is where I grew in my own relationship with Christ and how things came into focus later. And, oh, I didn't understand that issue at all, and I didn't understand what it meant. And now as a believer, there's a passage in um, 1 Corinthians 2. It's an interesting passage because I rarely hear it appealed to. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 toward the end of the chapter, and he says, now this is verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. 
which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining the spiritual thoughts with the spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. And that word literally means no power to know something. There's no power to know it. They're spiritually appraised. And I use the illustration, you've probably heard me say this a thousand times, Hannah, of a diamond. And when your mom and I were engaged in courting, and I had a friend at college who was a gemologist, and he could get diamonds at cost, that's always what we want, right? So uh, Tommy brought some diamonds and showed them to me, and he had a little eight-power loop, and he looked at them and said, you know, what is it, color, cut, clarity, mm-hmm. and uh, he had probably 15 of them, and he picked three out. What do you think of these? I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. And so I said, okay, how much are those? And this one was so much, and this one, and it was like down to like, you know, $1,368 or $2,598, yeah. and I go, where's the price tag, Tommy? Yeah. And I said, how do you know that's what it's worth? Yeah. And he leaned back kind of in disgust. And he goes, Michael, I'm a gemologist. I appraise stones for a living. <laughs> you dope. That's what he wanted to say. But what a great illustration that when you have the credentials and you've been trained to appraise yeah. something, Paul says he who is spiritual can appraise all things, but he who is not spiritual cannot understand them. Yeah. And so the good news of coming to Christ is not that the Bible is meaningless apart from the Spirit. It's just you see things and you understand things. You're able to put value to it. Mm-hmm. And this isn't some mystical, ooh, you know. This is, oh, I see what this means now and how the value of a creation account, the value of a spiritually-minded man versus a carnally-minded man. So anyway, I think it's important, and hopefully we're all always growing, right? Yeah. We're not living on yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694, or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain, and you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.